Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Let's read Romans 5 and verse 5. Let's read together. Want to go and hope. Oh, glory, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost has a brush and he paints the canvas of your heart with the reckless love of God. The Holy Ghost sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. Oh, precious, precious, precious Spirit of the living God, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your glory in this place. We give you thanks and praise. We go into the world with joy and gladness. We rejoice at your word as those who have found great joy. This is a new day and we are helped and we are blessed. We are full of your favor. And Lord, we honor you because your word produces results in our hearts today. We bind every external force and try to hinder the word from prevailing. And we decree that so mightily grows the word and prevails. It prevails over every trouble. It prevails over every circumstance. It prevails over past mistakes. The word of God prevails in this service today. Jesus, in your holy name we declare. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Good morning, church. I think we're good now. Praise the Lord. Alright, so um, in this episode, how many of you know this is the prepared future? How many of you are living in the prepared future? Praise God forevermore. Now let's do a recap. What is the prepared future? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And... Supersonic speed, supernatural acceleration, and supernatural help. This is your word for the year. You have to remember it. Praise the Lord. I cannot tell you, first of all, since God gave me this word, literally I'm telling you, I have stayed on it, milking out the juice out of it, bringing it out. I will squeeze this word this year. You see, you can forget God's word if you don't have anything you need to do that is important in your life. But if you have important things to get done, you better not forget. That's your only lifeline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, me who is your pastor, I'm sitting with the word God has given. So you have to stay with this thing. Listen to the messages again. When you listen, you're not doing me a favor. You're doing yourself a favor. Hallelujah. Over and over. I've just found out. I mean, I've always known. But it's been more real to me in this past couple of weeks, of days, since the new year started. I can decide what is in my consciousness. 
I can decide. And I've been very deliberate about it in the past couple of days. And I intend to be that way for the rest of the year. Just conscious about what you want to think about. Praise God forevermore. So, we are living in the preferred future. And, by the way, the Lord gave me an instruction a couple of weeks ago that whenever I come here to preach, I should announce our move before I preach. So, I announce to you that we have moved to a larger facility paid for by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Rejoice with us. Glory to God. Fully paid for back. There will be more room for everybody. You won't be sweating. There will be screens, the projectors will work. Hallelujah. Create steam. I hope people are not sleeping. I hope people are getting latest softwares. That when we move. Hallelujah. There is prophecy in my heart for this service, and we're going to speak there. I want to start this episode by saying something. I want you to know that, look, what you have in Christ is not car, is not food, is not job, is not money, is not that. Do you understand? What you have in Christ is eternal security, eternal salvation, that is the greater and the lesser they are just jar, they come to you effortlessly. The Bible says that surely his goodness and mercy they are in hot pursuit of us. Don't don't flip the equation. You understand? That? They are in hot pursuit of you. You are not in hot pursuit of them. You are in hot pursuit of who you are in Christ, understanding, getting more depth in who you are, getting more convictions about who you are. That's why we come to church. The more we hear God's word, the deeper our conviction goes about who we are in Christ. Praise God forevermore. And then those other things, they are additions. They come to us. Sing in them. They come to you effortlessly. You don't make a big deal of them. You make a big deal of the finished work. Then other things become add-ons. They follow you. Can we say amen? So this morning I want to start an episode called Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories. Stories. Can we say amen? Ghost stories is simply Holy Ghost stories. Alright? <laughs> well, you know, if I say Holy Ghost stories, even me, I don't feel it. Holy Ghost stories. Ghost stories. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Now, let's talk about this episode. We talked about the fact that the preferred future is one that is filled with the revelation of God's mercy. Say this with me, God is merciful towards me. We also talked about the fact that, you know, um, the preferred future is one that is laced with waves upon waves of the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, it is important that you understand who the Holy Ghost is, and what his ministry is in your life. Now, the reason why it is important is so that you don't move. How many of you have ever traveled with things that you don't need? Like, you, you are going on a trip, and you just carried excess luggage for no reason. You just traveled. 
You just carried stuff. All the ladies, can we say amen? You packed your whole flat <laughs> into your box. And then you got there and realized that you actually didn't need it. Well, I'm actually like that. When I'm traveling, I tell, I tell, I tell my people, I say, am I carrying to my head? No. Is there a plane? Yes. Is there a car? Yes. So let's go with more. It's better to get there and realize that I don't need it. That I need it and not have it. That's how I travel. So I go with excess. <laughs> you understand? Because I'm not carrying to my head. Okay, but when you go with that excess stuff, many times you now get there and realize I don't need it. Now that's the relationship many people have with the Holy Ghost. They have a relationship with the Holy Ghost as though his excess baggage, like they don't use him, they don't they don't lean on him, they don't rely on him. Like his ex you know, some people's understanding of the Holy Ghost is what is theological. For just for theological correctness. Let's just be correct that you know it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know it's not God the Junior, you know, it's God the three three in one, you know? So let's just be correct. But he's more than that to us. He's more than theological correctness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, some other people know the Holy Spirit to be the flogger of heaven. The tenor. You know? Let me tell you, I've said this before. If you've ever been in this church, I've said this. The Holy Spirit is separate from your conscience. You don't need to be a Christian to know that what you've done is wrong. That's your conscience. The Holy Ghost is not the voice of your conscience. The Holy Ghost is the voice of God. The Holy Ghost is the one who amplifies God's voice to you. Not your own voice. He was not sent to say your reality to you. He was sent to say God's reality to you. And we say Amen. So many people know the Holy Spirit as... You know, the condemner of heaven, the police, the one who stands at the door of your heart to tell you every time you've done wrong. And never tells you any time you've done right. Many people have never heard congratulations from the Holy Ghost. All the years, judgment, judgment. But you see, the Bible says, when we get to heaven, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We don't need to get to heaven to hear it. We hear it now, well done, ah, you did that thing, well, well done. Now, the reason why I'm teaching this and I'll start to show you scripture is that it's important to know who the Holy Spirit is. It's important to have accurate revelation of Him. So that, look, I'm telling you so that you can use Him well. Mm-hmm. So people are, mm-hmm, they, they, they move from their city, they're like, huh? Use Him? Nobody can use the Lord. Nobody can use the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth said something. He said, if the Lord, if God refuses to move, I move Him. You see, you, see, you, see, you see, religion. Religion looks hard. You need to listen to that teaching. What, what teaching was it again? The reception is firing. You can remind me. It was last two, how I many? Two series ago. Right? Hey, hey, don't worry. Anyway, anyway. Praise God forevermore. So the Holy Spirit. Let, now, let me say this. In all that we've been studying, the preferred future is filled with the mercy of God, the revelation of God's mercy. And who amplifies that revelation to you? It is the Holy Ghost. 
church. Picture this. Alright? Who amplifies the, what the Lord wants to do to you? It is the Holy Ghost. Say this with me. The Holy Ghost is my friend. Say it again. The Holy Ghost is my friend. Now the two scriptures that we opened with, because I, I want to take you on a journey today. And I'll still enter that messy seat matter again. Kaya. Say this with me. I'll be so blessed today. Now, the first thing that I want you to know from the scripture we read earlier, Galatians 5 and verse 6, the Bible says that faith works by love. Say this with me. My faith gets to work by my revelation of God's love for me. So, faith works by love. The last time I checked, you wouldn't have known what love is if not that God showed you what His love is. God is love. You are learning to be loved. Because you are in God. Let me give you an example. If I take you on a trip, say to London, and I say, you know what, I have fleets and fleets of cars and properties, and what I have, it will take you like 40 years of every day going around with the, with the person taking you around your property. 40 years, you're still not done. You understand? You've entered, but you're still exploring what I've given to you, right? You've entered it. You're enjoying the benefits of it, but you're still exploring. You see, we came into God's love. I hear what I'm saying. We came into God's love, and until we check out of this world, until, or until Jesus comes back again, we'll still be exploring the depth of that love. I guess what I'm saying? We'll be exploring it. We can never come to the end of God's love. So, your faith works by your revelation of God's love for you. Now, many people don't know. Romans 5 and verse 5 says that the Holy Ghost, His job is to spread in your heart the revelation of God's love. Listen, His job is not to amplify your circumstances. His job is not to amplify the role in the circumstance. You know, many people play a role in the circumstance they are in. His job is not to amplify that. His job is to amplify the love of God for you despite your circumstance. So even in the circumstance, the role of the Holy Ghost is to magnify the love of God, to spread it in your heart lavishly. Hi, the examples coming to my head, the Lord help us today. How many of you love mayonnaise? Oh, great. Thank you. How many of you use mayonnaise sparingly on your whatever? Just a little. How many of you use lavishly? Those are the people I hey, Thank you. Hey, people I want to talk to. Yes, and so you, you really spread it. All about, until it touches every facet of that whatever. You spread and spread and spread. In fact, overspread. That's how, oh, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is spreading God's love in your heart, you know, until He reaches every facet, every, every aspect of your human experience. If you're saying, oh, because I don't have a job, then it means God, loves, God does not love me. The Holy Spirit is getting there with the love of God. You say, don't worry, don't worry. This part too is being covered. If you say, oh, because I'm still jumping boss, then it means the Lord does not love me. Or you come out in the morning and then, you know, a car, all of these 
interesting drivers in Lagos, you know, they just come out, you're wearing a white stuff, and they just, they just splash stuff on you. You know how Satan works? That, in that moment, what's the connection between um, the Lord does not love you? Like, see your life, what's the connection? Is a car, does not remove the clothes. And wear another one. No, Satan, very smart. You use every opportunity to start painting pictures in you see, and you say you're saving God. Are you the only one here? <laughs> okay? Are you the only one on this road? There are other people on this road. Well, how come you are the only one that this guy saw to splash water on? In those moments, the, the job of the Holy Spirit is not to knock your head. You two, why did you come and stand here? Why did you wear white? But you would have thought to yourself now, you would have been smart. No. The job of the Holy Spirit in that moment is to remind you that God still loves you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even, I'm telling you, that's the, because people don't know who the Holy Ghost is. They have the wrong picture of who He is. I don't have the time, this is not the service for that, to show you that the Holy Spirit is not the voice of your conscience. The Holy Spirit is attached to you, lives in you, to serve the purpose of the kingdom in your heart. Not to amplify your problem. Or beat you for your problem. Can we say Amen? I love the Holy Ghost. Say it with me, I love the Holy Ghost. Let's look at Genesis 1 and verse 2. Genesis 1 and verse 2. Let's read it together if you're there. Want to go if you're there. Genesis 1 and verse 2. Let's read together. Want to go. The Spirit of God did what? Moved. Another word is hovered. Another word is brood. Now that word, let me show you in, in the Hebrew. Please write this down. The Hebrew word is rakav. R-A-C-H-A-P-H. R-A-C-H-A-P-H. That word to brood is rakav in the Hebrew. And it means to grow soft. It means to grow soft. Write it down. It also means to relax. Woo, that's good. So, if you go back to the context, you would find that what it means in this scripture is that the Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the waters, moved upon the surface of the waters, um, in scripture, what does water represent? The word? Great. So, the Holy Spirit moved on the surface of the waters, and what he's saying is that he made that surface to grow soft. In other words, to get ready to receive God's command. To get ready to receive God's word. To get ready to receive God's instruction. That's why when God said, let there be... That was God's command. That space and the entire stuff has been made to be soft to receive. 
made to relax. Picture of, of how you receive today. You receive from the Holy Ghost or from God from a relaxed state. Soft. That's why, part of the reasons why we spend time in worship with our eyes fixed on Jesus is so that your hearts can be, you know, ready to receive God's word. When we spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, it is so that our heart is soft, relaxed. When you come into God's presence, the first thing, and any church that has sense, will make you relax to receive the word of God. How can you receive when you are agitated? You know, you are agitated. Relax. Relax so you can receive. And oh boy, the Holy Spirit is assigned to you to relax you. You see? Because you can't receive if you are not relaxed. You understand what I'm saying? So it makes your heart soft. The word of God is coming to you. It makes your heart ready. Soft. No, some people don't know the Holy Ghost. How many of you, how many of you had parents that the moment they were coming home, everywhere happy? I mean, everybody. How many of you had parents like that? Everybody sat out to your room, move. In fact, it's amazing how that some of you arrange the room in three seconds. Everywhere is arranged, and everybody has gone to either they've gone somewhere. They may just start calling you, yes, daddy, but that yes, daddy will be, ah, oh God, this is mine. You're just coming back, just go and sit down, go and drink water. That is the picture many people have of the Holy Ghost. That the moment he, he shows up, he's there to show up your faults, he's there to condemn you, he's there to tell you stuff, he's there, Mm-mm. he comes to relax you, so that you can receive God's word. Let me tell you, some of you may not hear properly the visions God has for 2020 until you're relaxed. That fear that you're feeling is not allowing you to relax, relax. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, it is hovering around. Reminding you of God's love. Painting pictures of prosperity. Painting pictures of a beautiful future for you. Yes, so you can relax. Then, boom. You, it, it, okay, for example, give you another example. If your conscience keeps troubling you, yes, you, 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 you live with condemnation, you can't receive from God. I'm telling you, you can't. You receive with a sense, you live with, your, with a sense of judgment and guilt, condemnation. You can't receive. As the Lord is speaking to you, you say, me, me, Lord, me, not me, Lord. You don't know me. You say, no, I know you. I, oh, sir, take part I know you in Christ. I don't know you in yourself. I know you in Christ. The way I know you is in Christ. He said, no, Lord, you don't know me. He said, but I know you. He said, Lord, I'm not worthy. No, no, I made you worthy. I presented you to myself as spotless and blameless. That's what I do. So, you see, the Holy Spirit is assigned to you to relax you. To soften your hearts. 
Some of you are sworn. I will never have mercy on that person. Ever. Ever. No matter what. Ever. The Spirit of God softens your heart. I remind you, do you know how much mercy God has on you? Relax. Chill. Calm down. You, the mercy of God towards you, I'm telling you, the body of Christ is not filled with a revelation of God's mercy. Because if we are, we will not be the most critical, the most judgmental, the most everything. They know us by all the things we hate and not the things we love. They know us by all the people we reject. And not all the people God has accepted. Wow. You see, Christians, he'll get us stuck. And sometimes I just wonder what kind, what manner, what manner of hypocrisy is this? Christians, he'll get on, on stuff. And, oh God, see the person with their mouth. The church needs to be filled with more and more revelation of God's mercy to you. You. And the Spirit of God relaxes your heart. Gets your heart to be soft. Yes. Oh, pastor says we should walk in love. Pastor says we should walk in love. The Word of God says I should walk in love. How can I walk in love? And then the Holy Spirit says, relax. Get your heart. Let me, let, me, let me put it like this. Without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, getting your heart tender towards the Lord, you will not, you will not have anything to, be, to do with the Lord. I don't know if you understand. The Holy Spirit causes your heart to be soft. Let me, let me explain something. Some of the things I'm teaching, your experiences do not line up with what I'm teaching, right? So, it's easy for you to say, nah, here it is, not true. But what brings faith into your heart to believe, even though your experience has not lined up, is the Holy Spirit's ministry to you. Relax. Oh, here they have not prayed for two weeks. Relax. It's out of a relaxed state you pray. If you are not relaxed about all that God has done for you, who God is to you, and all of that, if you're living with a mind of condemnation and guilt, two years you've not still not prayed. <laughs> now, why is it important that we get these things? The ministry, see, take note of this. The ministry of the spirits are in scripture revealed. It's too important for you not to understand how he works. He's the, look, he, the Bible calls him the angel of God's presence. Are you getting what I'm saying? He is the doer. I said this before. He's the doer of all that is in the Father's heart. He's the manifester. He's the angel of God's presence. Look, let me tell you, when Jesus was leaving, oh boy, this is so good. When Jesus was leaving, he said, I know these people will need help. He didn't say, I know they will need judgment. <laughs> so when he was leaving, he didn't say, I'll send you another tormentor. He said, I'll send you another what? Comforter. And the Bible says he will be with you forever. You see, this, this seasonal Holy Ghost that you have, I don't know where you received him. It's not the one I received. Seasonal. 
is with you until your next. The Bible says he is with you forever, not until your next mistake, forever. And he is with you to help you. And we say, Amen. Mary said, How shall these things be? Then God said, The Holy Ghost will do what? Will come upon you. He's the doer. He's the activator of everything in the Father's heart for you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you and you will be helped. You'll be helped. That's how these things shall be. Let me give you a story. Jesus, when he wanted to feed the 5,000, he asked them, you look at our scripture, I don't have the time to go there. But he asked them, where will we get food and bread? I want to make an illustration now that will bless you. Where will we get food and meat for all of these people? And then the Bible says, he asked them, he himself knowing what he is going to do. Did you hear that? He himself doing what? Knowing what he's going to do. But he asked them. You see, in 2022, everything that God tells you to do, he's doing it deliberately. He's a setup. He knows you can't do it. The reason why he's telling you is so he can help you. He himself knowing what he's going to do. He knew what he's going to do, but he was asking them. You see, some of you say, I can't receive it. It's too big. It's too massive. Well, did I ask you to do it yourself? You would have help on the way. So when he asked them, he said, well, we only have a little boy's lunch. And then he said, do himself knowing what he's going to do? He knew, he already knew, he's the future, he's the past, he's now. So he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew how the people would be fed. He said, make them sit down. Let me do an illustration. Morning, come. Stand here, please. For everybody to see you. Morning. Take. From this moment, you are now authorized by me to preach my message. See, everything I'm going to say, the way I would have said it, preach my message. And now, if these people get blessed in this service, it is you who bless them through my message. So, um, you have the mic, preach my message. Praise no, the don't, Lord. Don't, don't. <laughs> my wonderful people. <laughs> now, let me ask you. Church, do you think she can do it? Hello, church. Do you think... No, no, no. Look at the clause. Oh. She preaches my message following my notes that I won't give her with the precision that I would have preached. Do you think she can do it? By the street. <laughs> Don't spoil my illustration. <laughs> but now, I knowing that first, number one, what I have given her to do is a difficult task. She can't get it done by herself. And in my heart, I already know what I intend to do. I know that there is no way she can do this without being helped. So I intend to help her accomplish this stuff. So now, you know the next thing I want you to do? 
I want you to ask me to help you preach the message. Help me. Tell me, ask me, say, Beauty, please help me preach the message. Now, thank you. Now, I'm preaching right now, but it's Maureen that is preaching to you. You get it? It is Maureen who is preaching to you. Every miracle from this service, credit to Maureen. Whatever you receive from this service, call Maureen and thank her. Don't thank me. Every revelation that comes into your heart, thank Maureen. Now, guess what? Maureen is being helped, alright, by me, but the credit goes to her. So, all of the credit of this wonderful service is going to go to Maureen, but I did the work. Some of you understand this now. You went to schools where people go stayed in groups. How many of you enjoy those groups? If you are a very diligent, intelligent, I suffered a lot. Diligent, intelligent person, you know that we all, you know, some people don't care. <laughs> some people don't care. If they get B, B minus, C plus, C minus, minus, they don't care. But me, I'm building a CGPA. The professor has told us that this is going to add to your final grade. And everybody goes. How many of you experienced that? Some of you are the ghosters. <laughs> Guess what? You get the job done, you put every... Ah, that's the part that pains me. You put everybody's name on the list. Some of them you were calling them, they refused. Then you get an A on the paper. And then the credit goes to them. Now they are... They were helped. The difference is that you are doing it unwillingly. You are grumbling. In this help, God is excited. He is willing. He is able. So let me tell you. Relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. Let your heart be soft. Please, come and sit down first. Give me my mic. Let's give her a big hand. I'm still going somewhere with this illustration. Hold on. I'm still going somewhere with this illustration. Now, guess what? Do you know the reason why some of you cannot receive big stuff for the year is because you're not, your heart is not soft. Your heart is hardened by the life you've experienced. Roughness. Ah, things have been tough. That's hardening your heart. The person always be softening it. The things I'm telling you for the year 2022, I'm not telling you so you can do it. I'm telling you so I can help you. Now, you see the good thing about God's help after he finishes helping you, the credit still goes to you. Like you did it yourself. Meanwhile, he helps you. All you need to do is say, Lord, help me. And guess what? Supernatural help comes to you. Comes rushing. That's what the Spirit of God does in your heart. Gets you to the point where you are relaxed. Not in guilt and condemnation, but in righteousness. Receiving God's help. Somebody comes to church and says, you know I'm not worthy. Can you imagine? Service is starting. Lord, you know I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Every prayer you want to start, you must confess your sin. Sin of omission, Lord. Sin of commission. Sin of contemplation. Sin of intuition. Sin of every perfection. Sin of shun, 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 shun. Ha! 
Where will the prayer start? Oh, start praying now. You know when I was growing up, they told me, they said, can you just come into the presence of God? And then the next thing, just start speaking in tongues. Every day. You know, these people, they still live like they are under the law. Like they are, they are going through, you know, procession. Like they are going from the outer courts to the whole of it. You know, I will enter his gates. We, can, we are not entering gates. We leave them. I don't understand which gates you are entering. I will enter his gates. So they are going with outer court mentality. You understand? Let's enter first. Then we enter. Then we enter. Some people's procedure in prayer is, Lord, you know, Lord, you know, I've come to you. Then as they start to go, and then go, and then go, then they start to feel it. Ooh, hey, hey. Then good bones start to come out. Then they'll start going. Hey. My brothers and sisters, we can start once and we are there. Hey. See, once, once we are there. Sir, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need, are you a locomotive machine? That you have to whine and whine and whine and whine. We whine you, whine you, whine you, whine you. Then finally, you're not ready. I say, Lord, use me, yeah, anything. I've prayed my conscience. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've confessed. I've done that. I've prayed my conscience. Now I'm ready to be used of the Lord. What? You are very, very ignorant. You really don't know how God uses you. You confess. Hey, you confess. That's how God used you. Because you confess. Huh. What does the Bible say? That without the shedding of blood. Say it together. Say it. Without what? Uh-huh. There's been no what? Where is your blood? In your confession. Oh, confessor. <laughs> confessor. Where is your blood? Hey, some of you think that forgiveness of sins is because you say you are sorry. Hmm. Say you are sorry forever. Nothing, no. Hmm. Have you, are you like David that went and wore sackcloth? The Bible says David wore ashes. He poured a coal on his body. He fasted. He was not eating. He wore sackcloth. He still did not stay the hand of God. He really died. Oh, confessor. You know, in David's case, he couldn't even hide. He said, wash me with his soap. This one, cleanse me, and I'll be white as snow. And some people will now say, creating me a clean heart. Oh, Lord, I renew a right spirit within me. Wait, okay. Wait, hey, 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 hey. At redemption, your heart came pure clean. Are you getting what I'm saying? Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, Old Testament. And you see, I understand, they want to be humble. They want to, they want to feel, uh, but let me tell you, we can feel good by exalting what Jesus has done. And it's enough. So the child still died. The forgiveness of sin is not as a result of your sorry. The forgiveness of sin is because of what Christ has done. 
Now imagine I, I, I say, Maureen, Maureen, I want you to write a letter to our church and I want you to tell them, you know, Maureen is two years old. So just picture Maureen. She's two years old. And I say, the two-year-old Maureen, come. I want you to write a letter to this church and tell them, you know, how much. Thank them. Two-year-old Maureen, what will she be doing? She will come and start to scribble. Do you know that the Lord knows that without His help, all you might be doing all through 2022 is just scribbling. And at the end of the year, nothing will make sense. So he says, okay, come now. Two-year-old morning, come. And then he takes your hand and holds it. And writes the letter on your behalf. That's what the Lord is going to do this year. To hold people's hands. See, let me tell you, you take credit for projects God helps you to accomplish. You understand? You take, God will help you to accomplish projects, then put you on the spotlight and say, all of you, she is the one. She is the one. We are helped this year. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are helped. See, I'm the Lord, I'm the one who the Lord helps. So this is the ministry of the Spirit. He is your helper. The Bible says, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, right? But the Spirit does what? Helps our what? Weaknesses. So, look at this. Weaknesses actually attract the Holy Ghost help not flogging. See, it says, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, right? But the Spirit does what? Help, am I the one that wrote it? He helps our what? Infirmities, our weaknesses. Many of you think weaknesses attract flogging. No, weakness simply attracts help. You don't know what the year should look like. Help be helped. Yeah, that's what your weakness does. It attracts God's help. Flowing into that situation. Every time you're weak, Concerning something, you are the candidate for God's help. Every time you have a limited idea of what should be, then you should receive help. And precious brothers and sisters, he comes rushing with his help. Hello? Oh boy, I don't know if I'm talking to people this morning. Hello? All the projects for 2022, you'll be helped into them. You'll be assisted greatly. Marvelously helped. I will say amen. Rejoice for a bit. You understand what I'm saying? Say, I am helped this year. In the name of Jesus. So sometimes just throw your hands up and say, Lord, help me. And you know, let me tell you, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a sign of you being um, weak or something. It's a sign of you having understanding. Interestingly, 
the people, it's not as if I was looking up to them so that they can validate my words. But the people who I'm surrounded with, all of them have said the same thing, the same thing about this year. Mr. Prince said he was on a, was on a, on a, that thing, escalator or something, in a, in a dream, in a vision. And he saw that he had many bags to carry. But he was resting and accelerating on that stuff. And he said he was surrounded by people struggling, carrying different things. But they were not on the, which is something I've used to teach here before. Yeah, but he was moving with speed. You don't expect that rest and acceleration will go together. Some of you don't expect that rest and acceleration will go together. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to you is to relax you. You know how it relaxes you? Okay, let me, oh boy, this is good, this is good. Say, I'm being blessed. Some of you are relaxed because of how much you know you have in the bank account. You're relaxed. Right? You relax. If you go out in the morning and you have sufficient resources for Uber or whatever, do you panic? You're relaxed. Even if, even, I don't even know how fear will come into your heart about your transportation, except maybe you start to feel like, oh, something's going to go wrong. But with regards to that I'll get to a place and I will not see my money, or sorry, I will not be able to pay. Do you have that fear? Do you have that fear? Now, if you're already anticipating that your money will get missing, we need to pray for you. If your anxiety is that, hey, my money can get missing, no. Just keep the money where it won't get missing. But I don't know anybody that has resources to pay their bill, and they'll be afraid. True or false? Good. So you're relaxed in that instant, right? You're just chilled. The Uber person, you just pay and you go about your business. The Holy Spirit comes to relax you. By showing you all that you have in Christ. See me. He shows you all that you have in Christ. Relax, 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 relax. Look at Jesus. I'm going to go into some scriptures now. But look at Jesus. There was a storm. There were turbulences. There was turbulence and all that. Jesus was sleeping. Then they woke him up. And then, Master, don't you care that we perish? Master said, what's, what's going on here? Like, let me ask you a question. Well, did Jesus ever get hungry? It's not a trick question. Did he ever get hungry? So picture Jesus. You know, I've told you people. I've told you some things before. Jesus said, I was 100% God and 100% man. Yeah. If he didn't take a shower for three days, B.O. <laughs> so I'm imagining Jesus was waking up from sleep. Oh, what the generosity of our Father. He can walk on water, yet he stays as though he's nothing. The willingness to just hang around people as though he's nothing. If it was you, do you know me? <laughs> but not him. So I'm imagining him waking up from sleep and, uh, 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 you know, probably drooling. Some of you cannot picture your Jesus. Don't kill yourself! Jesus is 
Sorry. Sorry to bust your bubble. Jesus drooling, and then even in his seemingly weakest state, he's still powerful. And his power is in the revelation. He found Jesus like you are finding it. He saw it in the book. He told them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. He was there. He was reading about himself. That's how you can read about yourself and say, I, so, 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 I have my name is written in the pages of this book. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The Bible says, without, without anything, he calmed the, the sea. Told them, oh, your little faith, went back to sleep. Chilling there. They don't trouble me. I'm having a nap. That's it. Because when they were going to the other city, he was going to start working. So he wanted to just get some rest. And you disturbing me with this. What the Bible says, his disciples marveled. Why? Because even the winds and the seas obeyed him. Me, the winds and the sea, they have never seen it obey anybody. The least likely. They have never seen it obey anybody. But they obeyed him. He came to make you like him. I like that song. He's made me like me. In other words, things that don't obey normal circumstances, they obey me. I walk around with that consciousness. Say this with me, I live in the preferred future. Shout it out loud, I live in the preferred future. Glory! So when you wake up this morning, in the morning, tomorrow, first things, thank God you have His help. You go through the day with His help. Don't, don't go through this year with complaining. Start with thanking God for His help. I'm telling you, what a year is going to be full of God's favor. And it has already started. Glory to God. Now we say Amen. I want to touch on something very quickly. Turn to First Samuel 6 and verse 19. First Psalm 619. Let's read it together. Once ago. And it's not the men of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Let's read it again. Are we there together? Hello. Are you looking into scripture? Are you looking into your Bible? Alright, let's read. One, two, go. Uh-huh. Because, because of what? Stop. Ha. Hey. They looked inside. How many of you listened to the message? They look. I'm going to, I'm going to touch on it very briefly. Because I, some of you don't, some of you, you, you get it, but I want you to get it even more. The Ark of the Covenant was a box. I wish, I wish we had the screens that I've shown you. It was a box. That box like that, the Bible says God told Moses in Exodus 25 to cover it with pure gold. Now, it means that when God looks at the box, 
that was made with wood, wood represents humanity. It is covered with pure gold, which represents God's divine righteousness. They now say, put inside the box the testimony of God. Are you hearing me? Let's go and look at that testimony. I want to show you this because this is going to bless you big time. Exodus 25. Look at verse 21. Exodus 25 and verse 21. Let's start from verse 17, shall we? Are we we going to do this together? Amen. Verse 17, what does he say? And thou shalt make a messy seat of what? Pure gold. Why, why does he say pure gold? Because there's contaminated gold. You know? What did I say gold represents? Divine righteousness. Silver, what does it represent? Come on, talk. You know it. You know it. It's not a trick question. Silver represents redemption. Bronze represents what? Judgment. Great. So let's do that again. Gold represents what? Silver represents what? Um, bronze represents what? So it says, make the, make the messy seat of pure gold. Divine righteousness. Two cubits and a half shall, shall be the land thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Beating of beating work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the messy seats, and thou and make one cherub on the one end, and another cherub on the other end. Even of the messy seats shall ye make the cherubims of the two ends thereof. Verse twenty, and the cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high. Covering the messy seats with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Towards the messy seats shall the faces of the cherubs be. Now look at verse 21. And thou shalt put the messy seat above upon the ark. Alright? And in the ark, what? Thou shalt put the testimony. That I will give to you. So now we know. I'm taking you somewhere. We know that inside the ark. Is God's testimony. Inside the ark. Is God's testimony. Now let's look at what's in the ark. Hebrews 9. Go there, go there, go there, go there. The book of Hebrews chapter number 9. Verses 11 and 12. No, let's go all the way up. Look at verse 4. Let's look at verse 4. Hebrews 9 and verse 4. It says, Which had a golden censer, and the ark of the covenant, overlaid round about with what? With gold. Wherein was the golden pot that had what? Manna. In other words, inside it was the golden pot that had what? Manna. Alright? And then what? 
Aaron's rod that bought it. And what? Okay, stop. Isn't it amazing how it says this is God's testimony? What does the golden pot of manna represent? It represents God's testimony. I want to use somebody as an illustration. Come. You are helped. Stand here. So, isn't she beautiful? Hey, stop hating. She's beautiful. Some of you think, ah, beauty, what's it? Be serious. I'm very serious. And while God is here, say amen. amen. Laugh for God's sake. Is she not beautiful? Ah, yeah, she's rapping. So this is Israel. I'm God. So Israel disobeyed. God told them, don't keep the manna till tomorrow. They disobeyed. My account, say, now you understand when he says the Lord does not impute sin on you. No, it's not a sin that he does not know. He knows. He just doesn't impute it. Oh boy. Okay. That's something. So my account is that Israel has disobeyed. That's the testimony. And because of that disobedience, Israel should die. But I don't want to kill Israel. Because of my mercy, I want to look for a legitimate means to exonerate Israel. So I say, take that golden pot of manna. Let me tell you, that manna represents evidence. It's like a lawyer goes to court, and then he comes with evidence. Say, look, this person has done it. That's how Satan goes to court. Say, look, she did this. <laughs> God responds, he's inside mercy. He's inside act. Let's continue. So, they take that testimony, so the testimony is that she has disobeyed. Take that, put it in that. Then Aaron's rod that bodied, what does that mean? It represents Israel's rebellion against God's ordained leadership. God chose a leader for them. They said, no, Aaron, who are you? How can you say you are a leader? They questioned his leadership. And then God now says, hey, I want to show you that I chose this man. He said, okay, all of you, put your rod down. The rod that bods overnight. Some of you don't even understand. The rod that bods overnight. Let me tell you, how months does not grow overnight? How months take a couple of months to grow? But the one that bods overnight is a picture of whom I have chosen. Meaning for God. See, let me tell you, many of you don't realize that because God's hand is on you, He can make you get exceptional results overnight to prove to everybody that I'm with her. Oh, and I prophesy that over you in the name of the Lord Jesus, that this year you have exceptional results in the name of Jesus. So, He says, take that rod, that body. By the way, should rods board? Okay, let me ask you a question. People don't understand this miraculous manifestation of the Spirit. See that? If you put a dry stick, this dry stick, this dry stick, you put it on the floor here overnight, you expect to see leaves on it. The presence of God can make things that are inanimate to begin to produce results. Just to put a point. So he says, take that. You can imagine this stick. I come here tomorrow, I start seeing fresh plants. Fruits. In fact, 
he moved from plants to fruits overnight and it's a dry wood. Don't tell me God cannot make anything grow. So, they put that in the, what? In the ark. This is God's testimony. Then what he taught me? Tables of covenant. Eh? Was put in the ark. Ah, don't you know that before Moses came down with the covenant, they were already broken. They broke the first one. They were already dancing naked around a golden calf. He said, that I have no other God before me. They were dancing naked around the golden calf. They had broken. So you take all of that. Now, what is supposed to happen to these people? They're supposed to die. So I don't want to kill them. Put it in the ark. This is my account of what they have done. But now put it inside the ark. Because I want to have another account. And the other account I want to have is that it's been paid for. You understand? God did not gloss over sin. He paid for it. See, sin was paid for. He wasn't glossed over. See, God did not say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I can accept that. He paid. Jesus paid. That's why you should come boldly. Mm. I don't know how many of you sneak into your house at night when your rent is fully paid. You sneak in in the night. You are watching where that landlord is coming. How many of you sneak into your house, your own house, you built with your money? When you are coming home, you sneak, you pass the back door. We'll begin to check you, take you to the left side of the other. Come boldly, because it's paid for. That's what believers don't understand. You understand? We're not magnifying the sin, we're magnifying the Savior. So now, see, I want to bless this one. So, I say, put everything in the ark. Then cover it with pure gold mercy seat. Which is symbolic. I said this thing on, on Wednesday, but some of you may have missed it. Which is symbolic of my divine righteousness. In other words, this is what makes me do what is right. Saving heart is right. But I can't do it without my righteousness at play. That's what the mercy seat covered with gold is. Then guess what? Spill blood and put on the mercy seat. You know why? I don't want to see the objects of her rebellion because of that blood and the mercy seat. I now have a new testimony about Israel. When the Bible says God has not seen any iniquity in Jacob. He has not seen any trespasses in Israel. So now, guess what sir? Now, I am permitted to bless and lavishly as I want. Are you guessing what I'm saying? Because of, now, you know the interesting, oh boy, I feel the glory and the power of God here. Thank you, you'll be blessed. Now, guess what? You know that this box that they were carrying around was what indicated the presence of God. Woo! The presence of God was indicated by a box that contained the rebellion of Israel. The presence of God. Some of you think it's good bombs. 
You think it's smoke machine? You think it's your tears as you wash it and wash it? No, 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 no. The presence of God will move you to tears. But your tears are not the presence of God. Look at what the presence of God was. The presence of God. Hey. This holy, righteous God was, in the, was represented by a box that had the iniquities of people covered with the mercy seat. That is the presence of God. I'm going somewhere. So when in first Samuel, you know what people did? Look at this. People went to the box, opened the messy seat, took a pipe, took aside the messy seat to see what was inside. Fifty something thousand died. Why? Truly, the wages of sin is death. And God did not say sorry for killing them. I put mercy seat there, you go come out. Why should you worry? That is fine. I put mercy seat, so I go to see mercy. You go come out. You want to look inside. What do you find? So he didn't say sorry for killing them. Me, I put something in place over Sabi housewife. You went to go and remove it and put you and you are looking inside something. It's supposed to bring death. The ministry of the law is a ministry that brought death. But the mercy seat is God's justification for generating life and injecting life into you. So why are you opening it? No man will open, open the box to see what's inside. Every time you recount who you are, what you've done, you're opening the box. What will follow is judgment and then condemnation. And then you'll feel like you died. Keep the necessity where God has kept it. You understand what I'm saying? And then, you see, the reason why some people open the mercy seat. It's because they want to see something that they can boast about. They want to boast that we contributed. They are the ones who make things happen. You understand? Leave the necessity where it is. If you take it off, you begin to die. You know why? Because you're going to see the object of yourself, your own rebellion. Your own pain, your own judgments. Once you take off the mercy seat, if you take your eyes off of God's mercy, all you're going to see is your own pain, your own judgment, your own inferiority, your own condemnation. But if you put the mercy seat where it ought to be, then you see Him for who He is. And guess what? Every goodness, every favor can come to you for free because of what Christ has done. Tell your turn your neighbor, don't take the mercy seat off. Every time you start talking about what you've done, what you've done, what you've done you don't know mercy seats. People can rehearse that for three years. They've not made any progress. When did this problem start? It started that day. That day when... When did you start noticing that you don't flow in the power of God anymore? Ah, that day. That day, the moment I took, I took this thing with my mouth. As soon as I swallowed it. The presence stopped. Really? Isn't it amazing? Oh, I want you to... Father, I thank you because we get this. In the name of Jesus. 
Look at the presence of God. The presence of God. The very one that you know and love. God opened my eyes during the week to see that the presence of God was actually seen in the fact that God was covering rebellion. Ah, 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 ah. The presence of God is that God is covering people's sin. Eh? And truly, that's the presence of God. You cannot enjoy God's presence though, until you know that all your in our case, it was not just covered. It was blotted out. That's the presence of God. So what it was for the children of Israel was a act, a box. You know, Uzzah tried to touch the box. The moment he tried to touch the box, he died. You don't understand what Uzzah means. Uzzah means man's strength. That mean of the name Uzzah. It means man's strength. Alright? So, look at this. The box is tilting as though it's going to fall. Then man's strength. Boast in your strength. You go to steady, he dies. God can steady his stuff by himself. Oh, I get what I'm saying? Hell may be breaking loose in your life right now. But focus on God's mercy. By the next time you come, it's steady and going. The guy touched it, he died. Every time you boast about your strength, about your own ability, about your... You see our song, the power of the Holy Ghost works. We are boasting about who we are in Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, guess another thing. So, this is the presence of God, symbolized by act, represented by God covering sin. So, here's the presence of God. Let me tell you, church, can I tell you what the presence of God is? The presence of God is you living with a consciousness. Okay, let me ask you a question. This will be clear now. It will be clear to you. Hey, thank you, Lord. So there's blood on the messy seat, right? Do you think... Uh, this is good. Do you think all the children of Israel traveled with their own ark? Everywhere they went? Hey, talk to me, church. All Israelites had personalized assigned ark. You, NK, you have your ark. You, you have your ark. You carry it as a gas tank. And everywhere you go, my act is here. The act then becomes symbolic of the presence. Mm-mm. There's something called the Day of Atonement. Where the high priest comes on behalf of all of Israel. Alright? And goes into the Holy of Holies. And pours the blood on the mercy seat. Right? And then, when he comes out alive, he announces to the people. He says... Forgiven, covered, blessed, fruitful. He announces it to the people. Guess what the people go? They leave that place with a consciousness. They don't carry act about. They leave with a consciousness that we have accepted for one year. You understand? And it lasts for one year. So the, the Jewish man expects to be blessed. She doesn't carry act around. What is the present for her? My rebellion has been covered. God has accepted me. That is the presence of God. So the presence of God is now a consciousness. You know they carry cross up and down. You don't need to go and carry cross. 
Gethsemane, carry cross up and down. No, no, you carry in your spirit the consciousness of what Christ has done for you. You carry it around everywhere you go. That was a blessing in the children of Israel. You understand? They go about with the consciousness. Think about everybody carrying their own ark. No, you have one high priest. The high priest offers blood. And when he's done, he announces to the people, your sins are forgiven. Oh, our high priest is not a human being that can die. Our high priest is Jesus himself. The Bible says he lives after the power of an endless life. He never dies. So I'm never without mercy. So what is the presence of God? The presence of God is not light. It's not sound. It's not smoke machine. Otherwise, you have to carry smoke machine everywhere you go. <laughs> Think about it now. The presence of God is a consciousness. I, will, I did my research during the week. How many of you heard about Obed-Edom? Ever heard of Obed-Edom? Did you ever hear of Obed-Edom? How many of you realize that Obed-Edom was actually a Philistine? Uh-huh. The Bible says the ark was in Obed-Edom's house for three months. David re- recognized, because uh, David is a smart guy. David, <laughs> my father did not give birth to food. The moment he saw Uzzah died like this, he said, take this ark away. <laughs> David, sharp man. Say, take this ark away, we are not doing it. No. So they carried the ark to Obed-Edom's house. Because, <laughs> actually, Obed-Edom was, a, now it makes sense. Yeah. It was the Philistines that came to carry the ark when they defeated Israel. And took it away. So as they were going to bring it back home, Uzzah come died. Say, take that thing away. Let it be killing them. Let it be killing them. They now took it to the house of Obed-Edom. Expecting that after three months, all his family will be wiped out. Ah. Ak now entered his house. And he messed himself. He said, to look at an outlaw. Because Uzzah, then um, Obed-Edom, he was not a Jew. He didn't have covenant. Yeah, he was not part of the house. He was actually a Philistine. Listen, the people that God was his enemy against, he was killing them. But when he got to Uzzah's kid, the Messiah decided, you know what, in this guy's case, let me just prove a point. Let me show that I can bless the ungodly. I can justify the guilty. I can give blessing to the one who is not supposed to be blessed. And so he blessed Obedidon. Three months. David heard of how Obedidon's house was forced to things were David heard from his palace. He said, Go and bring the ark back. <laughs> say, Go and bring it back. Go and bring it back. What was doing all these things? A box that had three things inside. I'll show you. Covered with the mercy seats. Prospering the people. Even an outlaw. Some of you say, Lord, I'm not worthy. Oh Lord, I'm not worthy to receive your blessing. Father, just judge me, Lord. Judge me, Father. I don't judge myself, Lord. Last time I checked, you are not Obedidomo. You are not even a Jew. You are in Christ. Free, blessed, prospered in Christ. Three months of this consciousness will change your life. 
So, I'm closing on this note. Ghost stories is not the one that threatens you. It's not the one where God is angry with you. And it's come some, some people, the kind of... I can't remember the last time I had nightmare. I can't remember. And I'm not, see, I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm not saying it to boast. I can't remember the last time I had a nightmare. I'm not a boast. It's just the fact. I can't even remember. I sleep peacefully. I wake up peacefully. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because my mind, and is it all the time my mind is fixed on crap? No. But whenever I catch myself roving around, I bring myself back. Focus, focus, focus. Finish work, focus, finish work. So, ghost stories is Holy Ghost stories. The things He does in your life. The Holy Ghost is not a shepherd. He's the main part. He's the main, not the side chick. Nine house. He lives in his house. Oh, and you, 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 you are his temple. You are his temple. He lives in you. And if he lives in you, the struggles can't live in you. You understand what I'm saying? I feel freedom in this place. I feel liberty in this place. You understand what I'm saying? So when you say ghost stories, don't be expecting something to torment you. Think about something that blesses you. You understand? Tonight, you are filled with revelations of the mercy of God. The manifestation of the Spirit. Because He loves you. What does Scripture say He does to our hearts? He paints our hearts with the love of God. Brother, why won't you receive that project? The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. He reminds you that you are loved. So the project is a success. Business is thriving. Your body is getting health. Your mind is at work and alert. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Look at me, Jenny. You're going to produce your. Some of you are going to produce work, huh? In three hours that will receive international recognition. Listen, this this year, it won't be the story of how you struggle till you break broke through. It will be the story that. As I magnify the mercy of God, boom, boom. And if you are expecting to struggle, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This is sometimes people come with that mind of, you know, but purely nothing comes easy. But you wash your clothes with a washing machine. You drove to church, or you took a bike, or you took a. Then you want to go to Abuja, you fly. Check now. You want to go to London or Paris. You are looking for the, the flights to use. My brother, go and enter boats. That's what they were using that time. For she, six months. Everybody else has caught up with this thing, and we have too. Even much more. This is that year when you are helped to accomplish big things. You are helped by the Spirit, not by power, not by might. Not by my spirit. Say that with me. Not by power. Not by might. But by my spirit. Says the Lord of hosts. So, sweetheart, this year, 
We are not running with the Holy Ghost like it's extra luggage. He's the driver. He's in charge. What he says, I will say. He, listen, let's not be spooky about it. I can be full of the Holy Ghost and be laughing. Laughing. Yeah? Laughing and I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm laughing very hard. You know, some of you act as though you will leave. If you just, if you just be yourself, I know you will just leak. Some of you, some of you, religion has told you, as you just imagine. Religion told you, as you are applying makeup, you are leaking. And you listen to Mommy Gio. I think as you are putting your head, as you are putting your head, you are leaking. Ha, the last time I checked, when some people get to heaven, they will collapse. The Bible says the streets, they are not gold-plated, they are made of gold, pure gold. If you have a problem with luxury, you, you don't, don't, please don't go to heaven. My father is luxurious. The highest case. The power of God is here. We're closing in a bit, but I, I want, I want, to, I look. Father, are you ready to pray? Hey, sir, are you, are, you see, this is going to be our format for services this year. We hear the word of God, we pray. Let me see my time. I don't know if my alarm has gone. Hey, it's time. I've finished. Thank you, Lord. Have you been blessed today? This is 11.14 and I'm done. Say amen. Glory, glory. Have you realized how to get in work? <laughs> glory to God. There's a way to work now. Are you getting what I'm saying? The glory of God lives in you. Okay, let me ask you, church. Everybody, please look at me. Do you have the presence of God? What is the presence of God? Is the presence of God smoke? Is the presence of God microphone and speaker? You know I will put those things properly and you know ah uh, ah uh, blueprint ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, will be lavish. Paul said, "I will spend and be spent." If this thing hits your soul, you just know that. My normal life is to be luxurious. Get used to it. You will not see me wearing that. You will see me rich. You will see me wealthy. This is the life of God in me. Shout Amen. Are you ready to pray? Rise to your feet, please. It's time to pray. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. The trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Share.